Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. My name is Theo, and you're listening to Between Two Trains, the train station that brings you great entrepreneurs twice a month. Your hosts are Eric Moss and Van Pappas. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Between Two Trains. My name is Van, your friendly financial planner. And I'm Eric, your better business banker. And Eric, today we have a special guest, Mario Cambardella. Did I pronounce that right, Mario? Cambardella? Cambardella. Cambardella. Um, What's really great about Mario is his wife was a guest early in the show. Those of you listening who've been listeners from day one might remember Lindsay, who is the CEO of Translation Station. New listeners, go back to episode nine and you can hear her episode. Um, But Mario has started a business right here in Chambly that I thought would be appropriate for us to talk about. So Mario's business is called ServeScape. And Mario, tell us exactly what ServeScape is. Well, ServeScape is one, what it's really designed to do is to enable beautiful and resilient landscapes for anyone, either industry professionals or homeowners. And the way we do that is we really bring uh, professional grade plant material to the masses and we do it through a digital marketplace. Uh, Cost efficient way it means of uh, aggregating all these plants, literally thousands of plants onto a digital website, carrying the real time inventories and the real prices. So whether you're a homeowner or an industry professional, you can log on order your plants online, no more fax machines, no more, hold on, let me go check the farm or the field. We have all the staff and built a, a system to enable all that uh, seamless procurement and delivery of plant material in so, an expedited fashion. So you're not the actual nursery, you're bringing the nurseries together, is that what you're doing? You're sort of like a, you know, a portal for all these nurseries? We're, we're a nursery of data. So we, we really data. pamper data. I like it. And right. so, so, so what we're doing is we're uh, we're aggregating just data, uh, but we have to do we have to have trained horticulturalists that can verify those numbers. So in a way, we, we are still part of the nursery. We still make sure that, and really, we're actually not a nursery. If you think of a nursery as someone that's already bought the plant and just has to nurse it, we want to partner with actual farmers, the actual growers of of the plant and then put their inventory online because the plants that we deliver never see a nursery. Interesting. Um, okay. So you're so sort of, more cutting, of a farm cutting out that, that part of it, but at the same time, you also don't have a physical location. So if I wanted to go see the plants, I'm not doing it through your portal, obviously. Correct. Seeing a plant is very sensorial experience. You get to touch it. You get to smell it. You get to look 360 degrees. We don't offer that. So in lieu of that, we make sure that horticulturists are there standing by to ask questions, uh, to answer questions. And then also we do a lot with video. We do a lot with photography where we're actually taking pictures of the stock that is available in many cases. So we have to bring the nursery uh, through the computer to people's either home or to office workplace. Um, so we try to break down a lot of that. Um, and we're not as strong as you going out there and visiting, but
but who has the time? Who has the time that we use? We can use uh, real video just like we're doing today and to remotely see very expensive trees if a landscape architect needs to specify it. So we're using every telecom communication device that we can um, so that you can get a sense of what the stock looks like, feels like, smells like, all those sensorial experiences so that you can feel comfortable making the purchase that you get the access to the best material you can. And Dan, you mentioned that this is a new business. Mario, how, how long has this been in the running? How long has this been live? Um, I had the idea for many, many years. Um, I was able to, I had, uh, uh, we had a child two and a half year or one and a half years ago. Her name is Perry. She's, uh, so during that, uh, uh, paternity break, uh, I actually, you know, I was, I was, dutifully watching over our, our small child, I began to play around with e-commerce websites, e-commerce platforms, and decided to go, uh, you know, all the way in and really build out this, this dream that I had for so many years. Um, it, that took about a year and a half. Uh, and then we officially launched March 19th, first day of spring. So we are just about to celebrate our hundredth day. Tomorrow would be our hundredth day in, in operation. So you mentioned that a lot of this is kind of high end, kind of luxury. Um, are you dealing like with exotic plants that maybe regionally, if you just go, like aren't located in Georgia, or what's the kind of geographic footprint that you right cover? now we're really just celebrating Georgia farmers. So farms within one hundred miles of the city of Atlanta. And so we have about 15 farmers on our network. And I wouldn't say that we're high end. I would actually say that we're more attainable. The same plant is actually more attainable because we don't have the overhead traditional re-wholesalers or nurseries do. So we're actually able to cut the margin to a, a more attainable level. So um, yeah, are they high quality plants? Absolutely. Are they a luxury, if you will? Um, I don't think so. I think they're, they're, they're first class plants. At, at attainable prices. And with, again, as I was mentioning, we hopefully can really attract a lot of people by how much, uh, how many different types we're offering. Because again, with 15 farmers represented, each kind of niching down to these specialties, whether they're growing trees or shrubs, grasses or perennials, we're able to really offer a wide variety, a comprehensive collection of plants for anybody, whatever type of landscape they really want to accomplish. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's been an interesting year, but one thing that is kind of the silver lining from a weather standpoint, it's been a pretty good year, right? I mean, hasn't well, the temperature and the precipitation well, been? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at it from the COVID-19 uh, angle, who knew that a plant delivery business like us, the perfect time to launch was in a pandemic? I mean, we didn't we didn't look at the crystal ball. We don't have one, but you would think that we um, we timed it pretty well, considering um, doing a plant procurement and delivery system. We hit we hit the money. We hit the we got the right. Um, well, everyone is at home looking at their yards, saying, "Hey, I need to redo my yard or add some plants." So, yeah, I think I think you probably did hit it. And for our listeners uh, to. You know, let's just go over a second your, your background. So, uh, Eric, uh, Mario uh, basically didn't just say, hey, I'm going to start this plant business. He actually has a degree in landscape architecture, right? Uh, you've got a master's in this as well. Um, I'm not quite sure what a master environmental planning and design degree is, but he has one of those as well. 
Um, and uh, you know what's interesting, Eric? I normally don't do any research for this podcast. I sort of just wing it. Maybe I shouldn't have told our listeners that. But I did do some research on Mario, and I probably did not know this. Maybe he told me, because uh, we've known each other for a few years now, we actually went to the same high school. Oh, did, did cool. we ever talk about that? I don't think so. Yeah, of course, I've got about 10 years on you, so <laughs> I was long gone when you, when you got there, but uh, yeah. So, What kind of research were you doing, Van? I don't know. You're I was just, out, yeah, yeah, I probably, <laughs> I probably have said too much. <laughs> and, you know, Mario, tell us a little bit, you know, you didn't just jump off the, the ship here in 2020. You had a job before this. You actually worked for the city of Atlanta, right? Tell us what you were doing for them. Yeah, I was uh, appointed as the urban agriculture director for the city of Atlanta. I uh, began in uh, Mayor Reed's administration where I, my sole purpose was really to kind of bring food producing landscapes to areas of the city that were really experiencing uh, a dearth of, uh, of opportunity to fresh Fresh foods. So many people refer, refer to these as food desert areas. I don't really like that terminology. Many of the people in those communities don't consider themselves living in a desert. So um, the idea was how can we how can we use a lot of vacant properties? How can we use uh, the amazing resources and talent in these communities to kind of uplift and and bring opportunities to through infrastructure, community vision planning, and uh, and opportunity to grow their own fresh food access. So um, that was building farms and gardens. And uh, we had, we were able to launch the largest food forest in the country uh, at 7.1 acres. I'm sorry, this cat, uh, of course, this is just a kind of zoom bombing. Um, um, so, well, so with that, with that, what you were doing with it, with the city of Atlanta, do you see opportunities? He, obviously, your business is now located in Chambly. You live in Chambly. Are there opportunities for us to do stuff like that here in Chambly? Well, I mean, I think that everybody has the opportunity to be intentional with planning, design, and installing a food-producing landscape. Because a, a food-producing landscape could be you know, food for you and me when we think about vegetable plants or fruit trees and stuff like that. However, it's really cool when we started thinking about food producing landscapes as for the birds and the bees and all the things that we really enjoy that are within our ecosystem. And we can be intentional about what we're planting and why and what we're trying to attract and what try to what we're trying to bring about in, in the in the world around us. So to do that, what we really like to think about is how every plant within our catalog can be curated for a certain purpose, a certain vision, or and we wrap them up into collections. One of the collections that we're most proud of right now is our collaboration with the State Botanical Garden. State Botanical Garden has a program called Connect Protect, and it's largely about bringing native pollinator-friendly plants um, that aren't found at a lot of the nurseries or, or aren't found at a lot of the garden stores to marketplace. So we've been that agent for them so they're growing the plants and we are putting them on our cattle online catalog. Now, anybody within a hundred miles of Atlanta can gain access purchase and we can deliver that and they can transform their backyard, their park, their subdivision entry into something that really is going to benefit somebody or something within their, within their community. So we like to be that agent and, um, 
and we like to be providing that same level of service that I did with the urban agriculture director, but just for a wider variety, geographically speaking, and then also for not just for people, but for everything else we enjoy in the natural world. For Servscape, what's your target market? What's your target demographic? Obviously, Atlanta, since you're working with the, you know, the Georgia farmers, but what's the type of individual for the listeners that may think, hey, this... This could be something that I could benefit from. Yeah, because we're partnering with so many niche uh, farmers all over the 100-mile area, um, many people might not be uh, too familiar with some of the plants that we're selling, even though they are native and you know they might step over it in their neighbor's backyard. But the idea is that we do offer planting professional planting plans. So we have three professional planting plan designers that can come to your house for homeowners or for commercial sites, uh, even uh, property managers, or even landscape architects that aren't even are still unfamiliar with some of these natives can actually hire our team to provide a professional planting plan. We've had people come to us that just bought uh, an estate and really would like to know what type of natives they have. And so we do a full inventory of what, what uh, a particular homeowner or property owner would have. And then do a planting plan that complements what they what they have already on site or transform what they have into something that's more meaningful to them and, and fits their vision for uh, their landscape. When you're talking about designing, let's just say a backyard for, you know, a homeowner, um, you know, maybe on a half acre lot. There, there's got, it sounds like there's got to be an, if depending on what plants you have there, that's going to attract, different creatures and other little critters yeah i mean is that is that a difference that that they would feel you know if they spend time you know on just a half acre lot you look at that you say is that really going to make that big of a difference you know but i mean in your experience what would you say to that well some people really have an affinity for a certain type of butterfly or certain type of bird or certain things that they really want to attract whether it's um, maybe a Maybe they don't want to attract. Maybe deer become a problem or certain things. So uh, those are all taken in consideration, um, you know, for a planting plan. Um, and yeah, <clears throat> there are many ways in which we can encourage certain things in the in the natural environment. So it's not a it's not a binary relationship we're trying to create, like an on and off switch. But it's more of trying to create a healthy habitat for the things we want to see. And what are the ways in which we can do that through plantings? Nice. I, I want to keep talking about this because so I I knew you were selling the plants and I could go online and buy the plants. I did not realize that you had design services as well. And so how does that work? Like if if I'm hiring someone to plan out a hardscape, maybe retaining walls and decks and all of that. Uh, your guys don't do that. They're just dealing with the plants, right? So would they work in conjunction with whoever's doing my hardscape plan or how does that work? Yeah, there's an old saying in the in the landscape trade that a bricklayer lays bricks. You don't want a bricklayer to lay uh, plants. And so, um, yeah, we, we're specialists in sort of the plants and the planting design. So if you have a, if a landscape architect, which I am a, a registered landscape, architect in the state, though I, I don't, we don't really kind of uh, sell the, the whole complete package through Servscape, really kind of just specializing in the planting plan. But if you have a landscape architect, comprehensive design, 
and um, parts are hardscape and then parts are part of the, 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 the plantscape or the, the landscape plan. Um, we would really take on that landscape plan or the planting plan aspects, really kind of flush some of the details out to a, to a very specific level, um, help you with your, your budget, uh, and then also provide uh, a lot of resources for installation. Sometimes we do the installation. More often than not, we're, we're finding local gardeners in your community that uh, excel at planting, planting installations. And so we're providing them with all the plants and tools they need to make your planting plant vision come to life. What's been the most successful thing? Is it more trees or plant? I mean, what's the, is there a genre that just has been taken off this spring and summer? So because we're offering uh, sometimes, you know, over a thousand different plants, we really kind of broke it out into collections. So uh, back in April, when they shut down the, um, or they postponed the master's, we created a master's collection. So all the plants nice. that you would see walking around the master's, we did this one collection called No Masters, No Problem. And so it was, it had trees and shrubs and azaleas and all the fun things that you would see walking through um, that beautiful golf course. So um, that was very popular for about two weeks. And then we created another collection that was called the Victory Garden. Uh, which was in May. So people had actually really great opportunity to um, vegetable plants, peppers, tomatoes, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, right now, our collection is that connect to protect pollinator where people can buy butterfly weed. Um, they can buy um, uh, echinacea. Um, they can buy literally almost a hundred different native pollinating plants that is really going to bring a lot of beneficial insects um, to, to their, their farm or yard. And um, so we, we really kind of work within this collection sort of motif, if you will. And we really want it, though you can buy any plant on there, um, we really want to kind of direct a lot of our education, a lot of our workshops, a lot of our sessions as we move through these collections. And, and collections usually last either about a month or two. Um, our next collection in uh, late July, August will be about succulents. And that'll be like a lot of water wise things. And it's all related to what type of, you know, the temperatures and, and sort of the climate and what, what things are going to do well within that, air, that, that, that time of the year. That's cool. So let me, let me ask you this. As a Georgia native born at Northside, somebody who's very, you know, proud of that because there's not many of us, you know, walking around, you know, walking around. What would you say now living in Chambly? Like, I, like, what is like a plant that, hey, you're George, a guy born in Atlanta. What do you, what do I need in my yard? What, what is it that's like, you are from Atlanta, aren't you? A yes. dogwood. A dogwood, man, right? No, not a, a dogwood? dogwood? I'm planting a peanut before I plant, you know, a dogwood. I, mean, I thought, I thought that dogwood was Atlanta. I thought that, is that, am I wrong on that? Is that not like the, uh, the uh, city tree, the dogwood tree? I disagree with you. Let's let Mario take it. All right. What, what is it, Mario? What's the plant? Well, the plant is got to be custom to you and your property. I mean, oh, man. You know, just you like a landscape architect. <laughs> it's got to be custom for you and your property. And so I love going out to Keswick Park. Keswick Park has this beautiful trail. Um, and I can walk through and spot, you know, 18 different unique natives that are just beautiful, Buckeye, you know, uh, 
there, there's a lot of different flowering, just beautiful stuff. And I wish that homeowners would walk through there and be like, why can't I put that in my backyard? Why can't I put that in my front yard? And then, and then really, because, you know, the reason why we go to these parks is because they're beautiful. Why can't we bring the park to our backyards and front yards so that it can be beautiful too? Because well, that's what you want to do with the kid, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, you want them to be able to run around in your backyard. Yeah. And one of the things that got me into urban agriculture was that, you know, I want things to be beautiful. And again, our mission was to make things beautiful, but it's also make things resilient too. You know, we want to see things thrive. And right now, a lot of the plants that we have in some of our our, our communities in Atlanta, the, the, the dime a dozen, the 1950s, 60s ranch house that have the foundation meatball shrubs that really don't do anything for the natural environment other than to take up space and break home. It's filler. You got, and you got to trim the shrubs every other year, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We, we use that word filler, even when we talked about uh, communities in quote unquote food desert areas, because yeah, they had access to like a, a golden, like a, a dollar store, a dollar retailer, but that was filler, right? There was no nutrients. Yeah. And so you can look at plants the same way and say that plant really does nothing. I don't even think it looks that good anymore. So as we starting to rekindle some of these ideas of what good design looks like, we really need to think about what is the return on benefit? What, what is the benefit? And so what is our, my return on my investment? Maybe that I get to reap the benefit or maybe a, a, the birds and the bees around in my neighborhood get to as well. So um, it's just being a little bit more intentional, a little bit more focused on uh, where I'm going to spend my dollars and uh, make, have them go a little further. So we're almost up to our commercial break, but I want to ask one more question. So you've got uh, how many farms did you say you work with? About a 15, dozen? You know, yeah. So how does that relationship with the farms work? You, you go in and say, I mean, when you started this, you went to the farm and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I'm assuming you had to get their buy-in to the, the concept, which I think is a relatively new concept. Is there anyone else doing this besides you? I, I like to think not. I like to think that we're doing it uh, in a novel way. But, you know, the first initial reaction of some of the farmers is like, oh, I've heard this pitch before. Um, so had, had they really or were they just saying that? You know, some people have had some different ideas. There are some um, some Internet companies that sell nationwide. I think one of the things that makes Surfscape very unique is we're place based. So we're, you know, the 15 farmers are only servicing Atlanta. When we our expansion plan is to move to Birmingham, Chattanooga, and, you know, sort of the Augusta, Clemson, kind of Greenville area. But as we expand, we kind of spider web out. We use the relationships that we've garnered between here in Augusta to service Greenville. So we're not never really going outside of our farmer network within 100 miles of any municipality we're using. And by doing that, we're using plants that are very hybridized to the exact locations. Conversely, when you think about these national organizations, national companies that are shipping a plant to Wisconsin from Atlanta, you know, that plant might not have the greatest survivability rate. There's a little bit more inherent risk. And we also don't want to get into the selling onesies and twosies. We're selling, our average order is about $500. Whereas the average order of um, some of these online national distributors probably a whole lot less because they're selling more. So how how does the relationship with the farm work? You know, you're not 
um, they're not exclusive for you, right? They're selling their plants to other people, mm-hmm. right? So do you get some kind of special deal? Is it cheaper to do the, and do this for them? Or, you know, what's, what's their takeaway? Well, when we approached a lot of the farmers and said, hey, we want to guarantee inventory, they got a little reticent. You know, they were a little like, well, I can't guarantee, res- uh, you know, that for you. I can't hold these plants. And that's okay because we only actually show 50% of the inventories they have. And so that's that's okay. And then also we have this redundancy strategy. So some of the plants, we tried to get two and three farmers carrying the same kind of catalog uh, one on the east side of town, one on the west side of town, so that we do have some redundancies so that when we get a larger order, we're able to fill within two, plant, two, two farmers. The third thing is um, we, we, we cherish the relationships with our farmers. We honor them. We have their logos on our website. We talk about the integrity in which they grow the, the plants that they grow. That kind of relationship, showing that they, we honor the, not just what they're growing, but the way they're growing it and who they are. Uh, that is important to us. That's important to Surfscape. And I think that they are excited to work with somebody that can bring their product to market that also brings their brand to market as well. Nice. That's a good point. That's a good point because there's a lot in the supply chain. There's a lot of, a lot of, lot of people who are unknowns, a lot of unsung heroes well, we're going to take a short commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to play our ever-fun game, Can You Ace It? Mario, I'm not sure if you've heard this game before, but Eric's going to ask you three questions. He's going to give you answers to pick from, and we're going to see how well you do on Can You Ace It? Brought to us by the Shambly Ace Hardware. We'll be right back after these messages. If you recently got divorced, you may be wondering how to pick up all of the financial pieces. Is it time to make a new budget, new goals, and get a new game plan with your investments? What about the best way to save money on your taxes? Take control of your money future. Go to OxygenFinancial.net to schedule a complimentary meeting today. Go to OxygenFinancial.net to get started right now. Securities offered through Kestrin Investment Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Kestrin Advisory Services, an affiliate of Kestrin Investment Services. Oxygen is not affiliated with Kestrin. Welcome back to Between Two Trains. We come to you on the 1st and the 15th of every month with great entrepreneurs from the North DeKalb area. We're talking with Mario from ServeScape. And Mario, we know that you are a plant expert and know probably everything about plant nurseries. But what we want to find out today is how much you know about babies and baby nurseries. Okay. What we Maybe got for you? ball here, but we've got three questions. So I'll just jump right in. Question number one. Some experts suggest that newborns can only see black, white, and gray. But what is the first color babies see? Either A, chestnut, B, apricot, or C, red. Red. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. Nice. at first, I thought maybe the question was wrong, and what's the baby's first snack choice? But then I got to question question item C. That's, that's not our apricot. None of the above. <laughs> it, it is interesting. So, Mario, you have a relatively newborn, about a year and a half old, right? So, your newborn, basically, the first color she saw was red. And the last Don't. colors a baby sees are blue and purple. I don't know why, but that's that's what they the last colors they see. All right, so you're one for one. 
All right, question number two. What does American Baby Magazine deem the best plant to keep in a baby nursery? Either A, a red rose, B, a parlor palm, or C, a cactus. Parlor palm. Ding, 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 ding. Two for two. Two for two. Do you know what a parlor palm is? Because I don't. No, I just thought parlor. I guess if it's in a parlor, I guess it's safe. I know the other two are not. Well, apparently, yeah, yeah, cactus is what you want in your one-year-old's room. Um, apparently, apparently, they have they're an excellent air purifier. So, and one hundred percent non-toxic, just in case your baby grabs a leaf. All right, two for two. You're two for two. Let's let's keep this train rolling. Question number three: There are eight thousand seven hundred sixty hours in a year. How many hours does the average baby sleep during the first year? Either A, 5,400, B, 7,625, or C, 480. Man, he is good at this game. Look at that. He got them all. Hey, Mario, on top of it, three for three. Well, what you know, is five? Yeah. He probably count since he was doing the paternity leave. He was probably counting all those hours that the baby was sleeping because that's when he was logging time. Those were precious hours. That's so right. Coming up with his business plan. So the the inverse question is: How many hours did I spend thinking of the business plan? Five thousand. Five thousand four hundred. <laughs> so let's talk about that for a second. You did you craft? We've asked this question of previous guests. Did you actually craft? a formal business plan or did you do this just on the fly? Yeah. Uh, no, multiple iterations of a business plan, multiple over the last five years, seven years. Did you ever entertain, you know, a partner because you're doing a lot and the, t- the timing of when you're doing it with the newborn is also another layer of challenge and quarantine. I mean, there's just, did you ever entertain a partner? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, three, three different starts and stops with partners. It just never worked out. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I must give credence that, you know, every, you know, multiple months working with each one of these three different partners to get it started, maybe like two or three months at a time. And, you know, we would hash stuff out, you know, want to go this direction, that direction. So, all three times just really never worked out, but, you know, I still have a great relationship with um, at least two out of three, uh, really three out of three. But, um, you know, I, 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 everybody that you come across that you kind of give this little idea to your, your, your baby to, you know, it, it helps mold, it helps shape it. All these experiences help me get to where Servscape is today. And I'm really excited to, you know, uh, that, that we launched first hundred days in, we had, uh, over 200 orders. Um, so over two a day, and then, you know, we were able to hit our financial goal, um, in that regard too. So I, I feel like the model, we've proven the model in the first hundred days. And so, um, I owe a lot of gratitude to, um, to those three people that really kind of helped me early on. Um, it didn't really work out as co-founders, but, um, I have a great team now. And um, just amazing, uh, amazing folks that are that are trying to pick up the flag of Servscape and, and run with it with me. I'm curious because 
One of my favorite parts, Van, about this podcast is hearing these stories, you know, and learning. Mario, my question to you, how many naysayers along the way? You had the vision, you know, and you talked about three different start stops with sharing that vision and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. But how you had the vision, you knew where you could go, you knew where you wanted to go, but but convincing other people to get on board with that, how many naysayers did you come across? I'm just curious to know how many times, like how persistent has your effort been? Clearly it's been at least four times if you've had three different start stops. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, uh, I think... I mean, it's, it's every day. It's every second. You, you, you know, if yeah. you don't hear a naysayer from somebody else, you, you, you got one in your mind saying, right. saying you can't do something. So I think I think it's kind of like, you know, when you have a, a, an idea, you got to hold it like a like a little child. And, you know, there was a lot of parallels of taking care of Perry and taking care of this business idea at the same time. And uh, and. and through that parallel, there's got to be a lot of maturation is understanding that got to have patience and got to be understanding that I'm not going to let go of this thing. Uh, uh, I, by the way, I love Perry a lot more than, than Surfscape, but, but, um, but I love Surfscape very much as well. So I just want to set the record straight on that. But um, there's a lot of things as we go through it where, um, where you, you have to hold on to the vision even though things come up and things change, it's not like you can't mature the idea, but the whole, the whole um, deep rooted core concept that you are going to change fundamentally change the way people buy plants and therefore creating this beautiful, resilient world that you want to change that is never changed. So that is that core virtue. Now, what the website looks like, all that crap, that doesn't matter because that will all change. But that virtue is the one thing that gets me up and gets me excited to work on Servscape is the fundamental change that I want to be a part of. That that fires me up. And, and you know, here's an interesting point that I was thinking about as you're, you're saying all that is, how hard was it for you as you went through this knowing, all right, you're, you were a government employee. You had a regular paycheck. You have a newborn, you know, that pays coming in. And now you're, you're rolling the dice saying, Hey, can I get this business working? You know, was, was that, how did that cross your mind? Well, um, it's certainly because, you know, your first team is your family. And so you're, you know, that's, that's your, that's your greatest company, you know, is your, your wife and your daughter. So, you know, are they cool with it? Because, um, and, and they were, I mean, Lindsay's been a rock and um, Perry's been my greatest supporter, you know, uh, we got to get her on payroll, man. We got to get her on payroll. It doesn't matter if you have a good day. She can start, so she can start a retirement plan. Yeah. She doesn't care if you have a good day or a bad day. She just, just wants to be around you and, 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 you know, kind of cheer you up and have fun. And so Harry's, um, Harry's parlor palms. Yeah. A division within the collection. You know, it, 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 it's funny you say that, Eric, I was going to ask Mario, maybe there's, I mean, mainly what you're selling though is not house plants. You're, you're selling outdoor plants, right? You don't have anything in no. your website for house plants, do you? Well, no. succul- succulents can be inside, right? I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, succulents can be inside. And our growth strategy is to open and expand all the different types. We'll get into the traditional indoor plant market. Um, yeah, I think you need a I think you need a section of the website for your daughter where she's picking nursery plants and you could you could you know base it off of the uh can you ace it question of what's you know the best plant to keep in a nursery picked by your daughter. Then like you put it. then you put her on payroll for making the selection. We open we open a, a retirement account for her at the age of two. I got it all figured out for you, man. Man. Well, I, I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> well, we are pretty much at the end of our uh, session here, but I want to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners if they want to buy some plants from you, what do they do? Where do they go? Visit us at the website, www.servescape.net. Uh, there you find hundreds if not thousands of plants that you can choose from select what you want um, put it in your cart you can also select a planting plan we have three different options for you uh, put it in your cart our, our team uh, of horticulturalists landscape architects and really plant gurus um, really cater to your order and make sure that we get the right plant in the right place and you so you can serve your scape Nice. I love the tagline they so you can serve your scape. How how once I place the order in the cart and I and I pay for it, one, how long does it take for it to get to me? And two, how is it getting to me? I mean, you're not you're not uh, dumping these on UPS, right? What's the process? No, we have our own fulfillment team. And so it depends a little bit about what your order and who who's ordering. So residential we ask for um, sometimes two weeks, depending on what size of the order it is. Um, but as soon as you place an order within tw- 24 to 48 hours, someone from our team schedules your delivery once they've kind of looked at everything you've ordered. Sometimes homeowners order really big trees and they have no idea, even though we put very plainly, you know, this tree caught, weighs 750 pounds. They're like, ah, oh, I got a dolly. We're like, well, actually, uh, the dolly <laughs> will not um, will not fulfill that require that weight requirement. So sometimes it's a little bit of hand holding process to understand that you know heavy machinery and professional installation is required for some of your orders. So there's a there's a, a good consultancy after a, an order, and then we kind of map out the delivery schedule. We do our own fulfillment. Sometimes for sensitive plants, we use a uh, we have a van. Um, and then most oftentimes it's a truck, but for large trees, truck, gooseneck, trailer, all that kind of good stuff, especially for our pro accounts. Our pro accounts, they really get the expedited service. So within three to five days, um, our pro accounts can have um, some of our larger orders have been ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 worth of plant material delivered in one day within three days. So the pro accounts are going to be the, the guys you see throughout the neighborhoods, you know, the landscape guys that are coming in and they're buying the stuff from you rather than going to, you know, uh, Pikes or Blows or one of those places. Is that what they do? Well, they, there's, um, there's industry only wholesalers. Um, and so they're buying from some of those and the real value proposition that Servscape gives to a lot of pro clients is for the, for the industry, some of the some of the, the the plants that you see every day or that are very commonplace that a lot of the pros use are almost commodity plants. 
in that they're, they're grown so well, uh, they kind of trust that the re-wholesaler is going to give them a commercial grade product anyway. They really are, are, don't want to have to see them. And to drive out to a re-wholesaler, which is usually out in the suburbs, way out, you know, Petrie Corners or something like that for an in-town job, it's very expensive to pull one of your laborers off a project. Again, the whole bricklayer lays brick mentality. If you're if you taking your guy, your best guy, uh, and you're a you know a landscape company to go drive with two other guys in the truck to go pick up a couple hundred dollars for the shrub, well, that's a thousand dollar venture because you're paying those guys to be in a truck with all the insurance liability. So, really keeping your guys on because every all the landscape companies get paid by the shrub installed, not shrub picked up and delivered let us do that and really keep your guys uh, in the payload that they need which is planting shrubs consistently and effectively and allowing them to be on site making money for the landscape companies and some other lands we've only started with a few pro clients pro customers we're catering that experience around them so we have about three customers three pro customers that we've been working with to really kind of nail our user experience for our pro clients. Um, but we, this summer and uh, next fall, we're really going to open the door to a lot of our pro members because when you go to the site, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be long winded, but when you go to the site, it's it, it just who you are when you log in, you see different prices. So our customers uh, on the professional side expect a certain price level. So when they log in, they see a, a significant discount on their plant materials because we don't need to do the handholding and they're typically buying on a volume. Yeah. So whereas a homeowner might buy two or three, um, the landscape uh, professionals are buying 30 to 40. Well, Mario, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, Eric, any, uh, any banking parting words? We're, we're in uh, August now. So what's, what's the deal? There's not a lot of good plant life in bank branches. Um, I think you need to I convince. To... I think you need to convince Chase Bank to buy a plant from Mario for all their locations. Which is commercial I mean, how office many, buildings. How many Chase? Buildings. How many Chase banks are in Atlanta alone? You've got over a hundred. A hundred plants. There you go. Right there, I, Mario. I, I expect my commission check for the hundred plants that Chase is about to buy. Well, Chase, <laughs> Chase could really kind of look at a collection, you know, Ooh. for a, a specific collection that all blooms blue and like kind of the colors of Chase. Yeah, and maybe like and, and maybe some some money green in there somehow. The bank collection, a, a savings, a savings succulent series. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got it figured out for you, Mario. We're going to have a page for your daughter and and nurseries, and a page for the banks to come to. I like Thank, it. Thanks, we'll give you a loan and a Laura Pedalum. Here you go. Congratulations. <laughs> You, you know, awesome. you laugh, but banks used to do that stuff all the time when I was growing up. My mother would take me to the bank. Hey, we're going to the bank today. Why are we going to the bank? Because there's a giveaway. You open a you open yeah. a checking account and they give you a toaster oven. You know, banks don't do that anymore. I think they need to give grants away with every new account opened. I'm not kidding. I like this idea. I could tell clients every time you need to trim this, you also need to forward your financials to me. Per the loan agreement, it's required every year, and every year I have to heckle you to get you to send them. Just whenever you trim this bush or whenever the bush blooms, 
send your fans. You got you got to call Eric at the bank. The Masters. Nice. I, I like these this brainstorm <laughs> session. We crowdsourced a good one here, man. Well, once again, we'll be back in two weeks with another great episode of Between Two Chains. Thanks a lot. Thank you.